You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, online at acaville.org. Acaville, where you'll find lots of harmony, but no sax or violins. At the top of the hour this hour, unearthing acapella straight edge. At Noisy, one of the Vice sites, David Anthony has written a long-form piece about Judjud, an acapella straight-edge hardcore band that seemingly came and went in the 80s and 90s. While together, they recorded albums, opened for groups that became legends in the hardcore music scene, and then disappeared. Anthony details the band's history and evolution from parody to real thing, as well as his detective work along the way. There's plenty of vintage and hard-to-find media in there as well. It's a corner of acapella that doesn't get a lot of notice. Check it out over at noisy, N-O-I-S-E-Y dot vice dot com by searching for the story of Judjud. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Talkapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. Today, I am joined by not only a former guest on the show, but my former next-door neighbor. He is a member of Mind the Gap. He's really good at drawing cats. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun times playing. I want to say it was like uh, the Emperor's New Groove uh, computer game when we were like seven and eight. Uh, That sounds about right. So, Jake Buhlman, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, John. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) <laughs> was that was that right? Did we play the uh was it the oh, the oh, com- that computer game? Groove computer game? Yeah. Do you remember the period of time where we tried to play it but we couldn't get Cusco to not run and it oh, turns yes. out that there was a joystick that had fallen back behind it? Yes. And so we were fighting rough. against the programming we, the entire we, time for like 3 weeks. We we examined our souls in that span of time and that was pretty dark. So It was definitely my <laughs> I, I saw the void for the first time that day. Uh so Jake uh, is in Mind the Gap at the University of Oregon and I was like hey man you should come on the show again he's like hey should we talk about auditions and I'm like that's been a theme here on the show for the past couple of weeks and I just (laughs) thought it was a great opportunity to dive into it once more before we close the door on this until someone else says they want to talk about auditions so uh, Jake tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your acapella experience and then we'll dive in okay well uh, I have been singing for most of my life for yeah, ever since I think I was five. Yep, was my first confirm. musical. Uh, then let me think. I'm a tenor. I've uh, been singing since that far back, but I only started acapella and actually getting into like acapella, acapella. Probably, I mean, there was that little stint in high school that we had. Yep, yep, the, yep. The yep. acapella group that lasted latitude lasted l- two weeks because people two just weeks the other people just were like up. they just didn't come and we were like. I don't know what we do now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two of us. We could start a band. <laughs> um, no, but I really got into acapella last year when I actually joined Mind the Gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And I've loved it. It's been amazing. Absolutely, dude. I think my, I mean, didn't you guys go, You did you guys win your quarterfinals? Was that correct? So or did you, or did you get second? Our, we won our quarterfinals and got second at semifinals. Nice. So then you go and that's when you go into the a wild card round. Is that it or yeah, something? Like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we went into wild card. Didn't make it, unfortunately. Hey man, wild card on its own is, 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 I mean, I think you should be really proud of that. So before we kind of talk about the ins and outs of auditions, Jake, can you give us a little insight into what mind the gap is at the university of Oregon? So Mind the Gap is the University of Oregon's co-ed acapella group. Um, 
that's pretty much it uh we're really good <laughs> you guys are very <laughs> that's, good that's that's our defining feature uh we, there's two <laughs> other groups on on campus you've got Davisi, which is the old girls group and then on the rocks which is the old guys group and we sort of we we minded that gap and we oh god i don't want to say that erase that that was dumb i'm Bye. not erasing Every- that that's on the episode <laughs> too bad <laughs> hey hey my fellow gappers i'm really sorry i said that on air uh <laughs> um but no, we we filled in. Uh, we've been around for it's like ten or eleven years now. Yeah, it's, is exactly. it? I believe it's the youngest group compared to On the Rocks and yeah. uh, and Davisi. You know, we just uh, replayed an episode last week of my interview with Katie Simon, who was a member of Davisi uh, a mm. couple of years ago, which was really fun. And I've always wanted to get someone from On the Rocks on here as well, so then we'll have the full the full uh, representation of the University of Oregon. But yeah, Mind the Gap um, is is a really fantastic group. I believe we have a couple of their recordings that we play on the show, very active on social media, and I think they have provided a great model on how to navigate acapella social media. And by that, mainly their Snapchat's just pretty great. And all that oh, yeah. shout out, <laughs> fun shout stuff. Shout out to Danielle Field with her amazing social meets uh, There you work. go. She's Boom. amazing. Love her. She's great. So obviously, with any acapella group, it all starts with auditions. So Jake, tell me why did you want to talk to me about the ins and outs of auditions today? My feeling is you have some strong feelings on different parts of it. I remember we talked a little about this last year and how um, your process was pretty intense. I know mine uh, for Mountain Horns, my group here at uh, Colorado State University, you know, my acapella auditions for my group took about two weeks and I was the only returning member. Uh, how how did yours go? Was Do you guys do it in the one day thing like some of the other groups? Oh, yeah. We do our auditions in a single 24-hour span. Oh, my gosh. Okay, um, break it down. The, the minutia, how, how did it all go down? <laughs> so, for Mind the Gap, we generally start generally start at about 10 a.m., which, which means we all get there 9 a.m., 9.30-ish, depends on how we're feeling. Understandable. Uh, usually, usually it's exact, exact, exec who gets there at... Uh, gets there at nine. Your and executive, your executive officers. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then the rest of the group gets there at nine thirty, and there we kind of go through the game plan of mm-hmm. what we're going to do. Uh, we set ourselves up in the room, which you know, unfortunately, most of these rooms that we're auditioning in, they only have like one or two electric outlets, <laughs> and you've got a group of you know fourteen people trying to keep their laptops charged. Yeah, it's 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 a bustle. Um. So there, we also have a, that's when we get all of our programs set up, because uh, we've got, you know, we've got one guy who sets up all the emails, we've got somebody else who's mm-hmm. in charge of getting the documents up, the documents up and running, um, and we get that all set up, we set ourselves up, that, we're ready then at about 10, mm-hmm. uh, which is when we let the first person in. So what, uh, I'm curious, the documents and all these programs, what are those? Because for me, we just did... We used, we did signups through Signup Genius because I was not going to try and do one like just signing up by hand just got a little too crazy. Uh, we used Signup Genius and then we took some notes uh, handwritten on forms and I think we used a Google Doc. But that was pretty much it. What are all the programs you use? So for us, we do something pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, we did this. I can't remember if last year we had it. I don't think we did for my auditions, but we did have it for the spring. Uh, we use an online. Um, Res- like a time like a sign up time thing as well we use an online program for that so that allows people to go and get ahead of time so they're not all rushing in at 10 a.m yeah to, you know get their slot um and it's actually really efficient because we got a lot more signups than we thought we would 
because nice. it's just more accessible. You know, it cuts down all the hustle and bustle that happens because, like, we open up for actual, like, drop-in signups. Yeah. We open up at 10. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so much easier when, you know, three up to three-fourths of the people are already signed up and in their slots instead of them coming in, rushing in and being like, oh, well, I could really only do it from this time to this time, but all of them are full. Yeah. Because I showed up five minutes later than everyone else. Yeah, I think the idea of signing up for auditions, that's a really tricky, uh, it's its kind of a tricky task because in my undergrad, which I did at the University of Puget Sound, the student body was 2,600 students, 2,600. So what we did is we put posters up saying you can sign up at the music building and we just had a you know, a sign up, just you write with pencil and you sign up and it's on a board and it's easy to find. Um, but that's because this, our campus is pretty small and there's a good chance you'll see at least one of these posters and you'll find it and you go sign up and we had like 36 spots or whatever. And you just go literally a physical sign up with a pencil and paper and whatnot. But at a school, the school I'm at now for grad school, Colorado state university, we have like 30,000 students. And I'm like, how are we going to do this? How are we, we can't just put like one sheet of paper. That's not going to be like, just in terms of like logistically, that's crazy. Um, so we did sign up genius, which is what we used this year. And it worked out pretty well. Cause then you just need a link and you sign up. But even then, like it's the idea of signing up is, is much more complicated than I gave it credit for. And I think you guys are really ahead of the curve. If you're using something online, because my instinct was just, oh, I'll just do this like I did at University of Puget Sound. Nope. You have like 16 times more students past John, and that would not work out. So it's also kind of intimidating uh, to like the physical aspect of going and signing up, especially right? if you're you're a freshman. Yeah. Um, and there's actually there's two points I want to bring up with this uh, that kind of go into the, just the sign up part is. Yeah. The first freshman they're freshmen they don't know what's going on, on they don't campus. know where They've things are oh we exactly exactly and so if they see something that says like oh okay we've got auditions at the som the school of music but you know everyone abbreviates it because yeah. we're cool like that we abbreviate um, ours too the uca university university center for the arts they don't know most freshmen don't if especially if they're not music majors they don't necessarily know what that is and ours is like across from the main campus even so there's so many barriers you're right there are so many things that especially for freshmen like it's herding cats you got to corral them into the gate i know you like cats a bunch jake so um (laughs) i've owned like two cats in my lifetime (laughs) i know but that's when i met you so that's what i think of i'm the i'm the cat boy next door yeah i mean that's Um, not wrong (laughs) that's very accurate i've actually i lied i'm sorry everyone i did lie to you just now i've had three cats in my i was gonna say i can name i know all right yeah (laughs) uh it's also uh, going back to the the freshman it's you know, there's there's an aspect of, especially when you've got it at a designated building, for instance, yeah. like the School of Music, it can be it can be scary. Um, I definitely Dude, remember yeah. when I auditioned as a freshman for some of the the, uh, the uh, academic choirs there. Mm-hmm. I was I was thoroughly scared to walk in. You don't know the building, and that can be enough to kind of scare people away. Online is easy, and it's yeah. got kind of that like online anonymous anonymousness oh yeah that's not the word you you don't have to interact face to face with a person and also you can do it on your time yeah i think that's i think that's really accurate especially uh you know i'm not ashamed to admit this i get lost so easily so so easily i'm bad at finding things i lose things all the time and i get lost really easily ask anyone who knew me in college me just trying to it was it was embarrassing but um like that it's just there's so many little barriers little hurdles you got to jump over i don't want to i want to create the smoothest 
path possible for people to sign up. So using Sign Up Genius this year was just, okay, I sent it out and I put, uh, and this was great. We made some posters um, for, for just like, hey, Mountain Horns are having auditions. And then what one of my friends did was he put a QR code on the posters. So when you scan it, you scan the QR code, it'll take you to the Sign Up Genius page where you can sign up for the auditions. It's just streamlining because it's, man, I... I, and it's it's hard, I think, and this is where I bet it worked out better for you than it did for me. Mountain Horns, this is our second active semester. And honestly, the group's changed a lot from first semester to second semester. We don't have like a big campus presence. We've been around for like six months. You guys have been around for 10 years. I just the, the group as a whole. So you at least have like roots. So you can just like put out that link and then you, and there's an established people who will come and be like, okay, here, I sign up. For me, it was like, I have to send this link to as many people as I can who I think can sing. You know, it's it's using streamlined methods, but you have to have a place for the stream to go. To go. Is yeah. that is is streamline going on the stream? I think that's well, Yeah. I think that it, I think it, that metaphor even, works. Even for that it's <laughs> it's almost more like it's not even just the stream. It's you're on a boat. And when you're in your situation, <laughs> You're on like one of those swan paddle boats in like New York City, and, yep. yeah, the Central Park, <laughs> and you're you're paddling, you're pushing, and you're trying to go upstream. Yep. When you're when you're in the situation of mind the gap where we've been around for a while, in these last few years, we've really established ourselves mm-hmm. as a group. Really, we've made waves. Um, to continue my boat metaphor, yeah, hey, uh, nice. It's more like we're on at least a fishing vessel. Yes. <laughs> So we've got a motor back behind us. It makes it a little bit easier. Um, yeah, you have ways. You have established channels for this information to get to to get to your potential uh, additionees. Yeah, but it it also it doesn't mean that it was entirely. We still had to take steps to make sure that. Oh yeah. Um, like it was known. So, for instance, we did some of the the usual stuff that we made the posters, um, which were stunning. Um, nice. We, we, we did the chalking, we went around, mm-hmm. we dorm blasted, um, but we also went and performed at a few events Yeah. Um, in the beginnings. One in particular that I think really helped was we've got something called the flock party, because we're ducks. Uh, yeah, it was a flock yeah, party yeah, I got that. Campus. What is that? Oh, the puns. Uh, it's essentially, it's, meant, it's directed towards freshmen, and it's essentially, uh, you get a bunch of the groups and organizations on campus together, and you've each got a booth. And they bring all the freshmen in, they let them loose, and they kind of meander and find... It's a way for them to, like, find groups and clubs. But we use this as also a time to set up some of these auditions. Um, so we went, we performed, we had a little wheel that you could spin, and we'd sing the song that was on the wheel for you. That's clever. Yeah, and we also handed out CDs. Okay, so, sorry, little side story, totally fun. Um, <laughs> so years ago, back in the day, the before most of the people were in the group even... We they recorded their first album, mm-hmm. and then they went and made seven hundred and fifty copies of it when they were still kind of a small group. Uh huh. So, so we still have. Oh gosh, all of them. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> like seven years later. Maybe not seven, maybe five. So we gave those out as well. <laughs> That's good though. You have a you have yeah. something to give to people. If I go somewhere and I get yeah. just like, I don't know, a little toy like pokemon thing that's like an inch tall or something it's still like hey i have something and it's a it's like a constant if they put that on their shelf that's a constant advertisement for them for your group or something like that i mean this whole thing is about navigating channels and it's tricky because either the chant it depends on 
how established the group is, how intertwined the group is with campus culture and like how you market yourselves within that campus culture. For me, um, I think we're looking at really night and day situations here in regards to uh, Mount Horns versus Mind the Gap because what do you call it? As the only returning member this year, I had like really no assets to work with. And it really, most of the members who auditioned uh, were directly, I personally invited them to audition. And even then um, it, it was, it was tricky. We have great members now, but it was definitely tricky getting there. Whereas with you guys, because you have a system, you know how to not only like, you're not only integrated into the system, you know how to play that system going. I know that a lot of freshmen are going to be here. We're going to perform. We're not just going to have a presence. We're going to spice it up. We're going to have a wheel that determines what we, we're going to make it interactive. We're going to have a wheel that determines what we sing. It's just developing your way of reaching students in a certain framework. Um, that is honestly the core to all these auditions. People can't audition for your group if they don't know it exists. I know our first year, we really did auditions uh, with my undergrad group, the Timbermen. We had, uh, I think we had some posters, but not really. We had a table at our equivalent of the duck gathering flock thing, whatever the hell you do, Jake. Flock party. Flock party. <laughs> oh, I block. Okay, I just got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but we had our thing called a log jam, and we performed at it. Or No, we didn't perform. And we had a poster and whatnot, but even that, um, hold on. And we performed at Log Jam, which is our version of Flock Party. We we did what we thought we needed to do, but we only got a handful of people who auditioned, which was fine. We got what we needed. But then in the middle of the year, one of our tenors had to leave, which was a bummer because he was our only real tenor. And we needed to get a new one. And we're like, oh, crap. So we were really searching. We found one, Danny, uh, Danny Leapster. He is great. And he's been on the show before. And he was like, yeah, I would have auditioned for this um, uh, if it was around last semester. And I'm like, Danny, it was around last semester. We did audition, like we, we we like you know tried to publicize it, and he's like, clearly not well enough because this was someone who was good enough to be in the group. It was motivated. He's still in the group now, great singer, who we didn't reach because we were so young and we didn't have our roots established and we didn't know how to reach people like that. So that's what I think you guys have going for you. And it sounds like you had a really successful turnout. But before we get to that, so tell me more about how how all this works. So you got. You um you sang at the the flock party. What other ways do you get the word out? Dorm blast, anything else? Uh, dorm blast, chalking, posters, and really just like it. It can feel a little shameless. Just plug it. Oh yeah, plug it oh, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Everything you sing at. Um, we do this thing in in our set when because we perform every Friday. It's like the UO thing is every Friday at the ampi- amphitheater. You know, people come and perform, and you come and listen. It's great. Um. In every set during that like season leading up to auditions, we will always plug it. Yeah. And just say, hey, even if it's, you know, we're at a, let's say it's a dinner party and, you know, there's some college students there. We'll still do it because, yeah. you know, it's it's word to mouth. Um, and it, it really it gets the word out there and it can actually really bolster we've got going on also just like letting people know that auditions are happening. Yeah. Um, I've heard a couple of stories throughout the this past month or so about people not not for this year thank god Mm -hmm. but in the past years where people have wanted to audition and they just didn't have the date for it yep or like they heard too late and it really comes down to there are people out there who want to sing acapella who want to join these groups who want to be a part of you know uh be a part of some pretty cool stuff making music yeah some pretty awesome Listen, if you're not in an acapella group and you're listening to this, join an acapella group. It'll change your yeah, life. Yeah, it'd be a little um, weird if you're listening and you're not in a group. 
Unless you're my you mom. Be a fan of <laughs> Let's be honest, our my parents mom. are listening to this right now, so we shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> no, but that makes a lot of sense, especially with something like acapella that is so like student driven and so and so student created it's a very like grassroots kind of thing and that a student decides to found the group and they're independent there's not a professor for this it's not uh, and how we have to do this um jake i think both of us are going to be very prepared in some ways when we get out into the real world because we have been in student-led organizations where it, it's success is based on how well we navigate it and work as an institution. Uh, and that's and that can be really hard to reach people. So I think that's a really good point about dates. I've seen, you know, groups post like, hey, they, they only post on like their Facebook. I, we did a post on our Facebook, but we only had 71 likes at the beginning of this year because we had like six or five members in the group last semester. We performed like twice. It's all these things of like, the thing I keep coming back to is this idea of momentum and building. And that next year is going to be so much easier for auditions because we're going to perform a bunch this year because our group is bigger because we are going to become a, a thing on campus. And that just gets easier and easier every year. Because if I go to the University of Puget Sound today and I said Timberman to someone, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that that the small acapella group, you know, the first year, if I said that people would be confused, they wouldn't know what it is. So it's this idea of building a culture around your name and a culture around your identity as a group and how that fits in. And I always say this, how it fits into the university and the lifestyle and all that stuff. And that'll, and that will kind of do the work for you. I know for me this year, because I didn't have those things, because it was so new, because we didn't have any other returning members. Like I said, I had to reach out to people individually a lot to get them to audition. That ended up working out great. We got some amazing, amazing singers this year that I was just so happy about. Um, but that was all because I reached out to these people individually and that's not necessarily an effective method uh for a group to establish itself on you got to get well known so you don't have to invite people to audition they just come and that's and it sounds like that's what you have even though you obviously do publicity with mind the gap it sounds like um you know because you are established and because people know who you are you don't have to like go to every singer you know and say please audition for our group yeah, yeah, it's really about getting getting the word out outside of your circle. Yeah, for yep. sure. Yeah, boom, and and just bringing them all in. Yeah, absolutely. So I, we're actually going to take a quick break here on Talk Appella. We've been talking to Jake Buellman all about auditions publicity, which is something I've, I'm glad we're discussing because it's really not touched on uh, a lot sometimes. Uh, and we're going to listen to Michael Wingate give us a little tutorial in his beatbox corner, then listen to a tune, and then we're going to be right back here on Talk Appella. <laughs> You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about. Hey everyone, Michael Wingate here, and I'm bringing you another beatboxing tutorial for Talkapella. Uh, I've just been informed lately that my segment will now be called Beatbox Corner, so... That's cool to have an official name and everything. So the thing I wanted to talk about today is breath control when uh, doing vocal percussion or beatboxing and little techniques here and there uh, as to uh, help with that. So the first thing I want to bring up is actually something in a tutorial I did a couple weeks ago, and it's a version of a snare to do called the inward K snare. 
that is an inward sound. And that's the cool thing about it is that it is an inward sound. So um, when doing a beat like, I can essentially do that forever because I am breathing out uh, when doing a more breathy kick drum, the and I am breathing in when doing the inward uh, case snare. So the first thing for breath control is uh, certain sounds will be able to either give you an outward breath or an inward breath and putting them in certain beats will uh, really help with that and make sure that you have a constant stream of air going in and out as to make it uh, so that it's like a natural flow. So uh, the inward case scenario I know for beginners is definitely a harder one to get, but if you uh, listen to that tutorial or seek out other tutorials online and you start getting that little that little click in the back of your throat and you can refine it more into and you start using it more in beats, uh, that is definitely probably one of the biggest ones that I can say helps with breath control because it is a natural inward sound to use. On to another thing that you can do is um, when doing uh, PFT snares or you know BSH snares, however you do it right now, however you uh, do that, uh, when you put those in a beat, you can do an inward breath right after your PFT snare. So, you can, you can hear the that I'm doing after uh, like every other PFT snare. And because in that beat that I'm doing, those are all outward sounds. So you either need to sneak in some breath in between through your nose or you can put it into an actual sound in your beat and make it more fluid. Um, you can also, like, especially like if you're on a mic, you can definitely sneak some breaths in in between your patterns, like through your nose and stuff like that. Once you start developing patterns, you'll be able to get a sense of like, oh, I can sneak in breaths here or there. But let's take this tutorial, I'm giving you specific sounds and ways that you can work them into uh, your vocal percussion. So definitely, Inward case snare, one of the best ones. And then you can use inward breaths that kind of sound like reverses or hi-hats in place of hi-hats or right after a PFT snare. And it kind of gives it a different texture, a different cool sound while also letting you maintain your breath. So... Keep fiddling around with that, and yeah, so those are a couple things that I can say help with breath control. Thank you for listening. I am Michael Wingate with Beatbox Corner, as it is now called, on Talkapella, and I will see you all next week. Thank you.
Listening to community supported Acaville Radio online at Acaville.org. Acaville, a wall of sound you won't want to break down. Hello, all you beautiful people. On behalf of your host, John Lampus, I, Jake Buellman, would like to welcome you back to Talk Capella. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> was, that, was that too much? No, it was great. Uh, <laughs> hey, everyone, we're back here. John Lampus on Tacapella with my host and uh, good buddy, Jake Buellman. We've been talking hey. a lot about auditions today, but in uh, a little through a bit of a different lens than we're used to. We, we just spoke a bunch about how to like prep for auditions, how you get the word out, and how that all works. And it's, it's, it's really tricky especially when you're a very young group like Mountain Horns, my group, or you're a very established group like Jake's Mind the Gap. Uh, so, Jake, let's keep on going with this auditions theme. So uh, what we you kind of hinted at earlier was, okay, you guys are all set up in the room for auditions, and then you're sitting there, and you're, and you're ready to go. You have some drop-ins. You have some people signed up. How, especially this year, how do you know what you're looking for? Because I know for me, in uh, Timbermen, in my last going into my last semester with the group because I graduated in December, uh, so I was going into my last semester. We were having auditions that fall, and we all said like, "Okay, what are we looking for exactly?" And we like made a list of we really need another high tenor, one who can beatbox, uh, one who can do this and this and this, um, and we were really lucky because that's exactly what we got. But it definitely was easier to pinpoint that because we had a model of the role we wanted filled in the group. Whereas this year with Mountain Horns, I was the only returning member and I decided this year would be a larger group. So it, for me, it was like, okay, I need 12 new people. Uh, I hope they're good. Like that's, I just like, do they have talent? And then I can get more picky. How did that work for you guys? And how many members did you end up taking? So for us, we always start looking at the baseline, which is how many people do we want in the group? And for us, we found that 15 works really well for us. We found that we have a really good balance last year, that we discovered that we had a really good balance with kind of the numbers that we had. And it was 15 and last year as well. 
Yeah, it was 15 yeah. last year. And so, like, it came down to being like, what we need to fill were the roles that really left. So we for sure needed a base. We wanted a baritone. And we were actually kind of debating, even up to the day of, if we were going to do 15 or 16. Um, but we knew that we wanted two girls, two guys. We needed another soprano. We needed a bass. And then we decided we also wanted, like, a, a structural female voice. So another alto. That was kind of our, our idea of what we wanted to go into. And even then, we still kind of kept it open. Yeah. Um, As you should. Because you never With, know. Yeah, yeah, you don't... You don't want to hold yourself. You, you, it's great to have, like I said, it's great to have an idea of what you want going in, but you should take the best of what you can get, not rather than pigeonhole yourself and do, well, we really wanted this and what, we didn't get exactly what we wanted. So we just didn't, you know, so we get something much worse than either option. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you just find yourself, you know, three months down the line going. Oh man, I if? wish we had taken that one voice to really beef yeah. this part up. Yep. Luckily we didn't have that problem. So it was great. Um, That's good. <laughs> And so from there, once we had that groundwork, we kind of had the the idea of what we were going for at the end. Um, and at that point, we were able to move into the actual auditions. Um, so we got our Excel sheets out. We've got this special Excel sheet that we have that has, like, what your notes that you have and then a yes or no at the end. And that makes a lot beautiful. of sense. I should have. It's really Can good. you send me a copy of that? I can see if I'm allowed to send you. A I'm copy not gonna decide, or just or just tell me later because that's yeah, no, smart. No, no, I'll, I'll tell you later. I'll tell Good. you later. Great, um, great, great, great. And it's, were, it's really easy to program. Yeah. Yeah. What were the categories? So the categories it started off with name, voice part, which obviously you need that. Um, from there we had because our auditions we do there's like three kind of stages to it. There is the actual like solo audition where you sing the piece you prepared and from that point we'll take you on to ear training and from there we'll take you on to range range testing and then after that you've got callbacks but that's mm -hmm. a whole nother monster yeah so um, break down each of those three how does that work out each of those three those uh three uh sections those three sections so we start off they come in and we make sure that they have we want them to have prepared two songs a verse mm -hmm. and a chorus from each um Unless, of course, you're one of those weird songs that doesn't actually have a chorus. But, you know, whatever. You do you, boo. <laughs> um, so from there, they sing. They We say, pick the one that you like the most. Or which one you think you sound the best on. We So sometimes that's good enough. We're like, okay, we'll take them on to ear training. Um, otherwise, what we'll do is we'll have them perform the other one. Because mm. what I've discovered through the auditions that I've done and through all my experience as a singer is what people think is the best song for their voice may not be the best song for their voice um which you know that it it just happens we can't hear ourselves properly and if you're not recording and retesting it just yeah yeah, yeah. You, you never know um and so we that came up a couple of times maybe five or six times where we had them do their second song um for that reason but in general we can kind of get a sense from that first part uh so yeah. then we go into ear training which, uh, what'll happen is we've got the, usually it's the director who's mm -hmm. at the piano and they will play out steadily more difficult, um, musical, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, no, nodal patterns. That's not it. Hold on. You're doing melodic second. recall sequences. Yeah. 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 Note sequences yep. essentially. Uh, and then we just have them sing it. And that's, that's, that is actually a really good way for us to kind of see their musical skill. Yeah. Um, and how long they've been doing music and how, like, I don't want to say how professional their musical career has been, but 
no like how much how training they their, had. Yeah, yeah yeah and how in-depth their musical education has been yeah um and so from there most of the time if we they've gotten that far we'll have them do the range testing mm-hmm. because usually that means that most people's ears are good enough that they can at least pick up on majority of notes there were a few where their ear was so off that we realized even if their solos were good, the amount of time that, cause what ear testing and really tests it, or checks is how good they're going to be at learning music. Cause at least for mind the gap, we do a lot of our learning through sight reading and just in kind of seeing, and we very rarely split off for sectionals. Um, we did that a bit this year because we were catching the, the bappers up. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's a good thing to do. Do sexuals in the beginning. And you said sure bappers. That's baby gappers. I assume that is that is baby good, gappers. Good. I'm yeah, um, <laughs> proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so from there, that gives us that's really our sense of saying like, how well are they going to be working in rehearsals, mm-hmm. and how quickly are they going to pick up on music? And then range is just to test to see like how far high they can support, how low can they support? Mm-hmm. You know, do they actually have the notes that we need them to have? And then from there, we, you know, it's either yay, nay, or maybe. Um, that's So how we decide on callbacks is, uh, I don't know how how you did it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know there's a couple groups that what they'll do is they'll kind of do that voting system where they'll tally up and be like, this person got a majority yes, this person got a majority no. How Mind the Gap does it is, after all the auditions are done, um, we take like 45 minutes, sit down in a circle or in chairs or whatever room we're in, um and we as a group discuss everyone who auditioned yeah and kind of like it'll generally start with a general vote like yes or no we do like an arm up for yes arm down for no um in the middle for like you're not so sure and from there like if there's and we as a group have to decide a majority for this stage um and it's but usually it's not so much where it's like even if it's one fourth of the people don't seem gung-ho for it we'll still discuss and be like, Hey, what yeah. are your concerns? Why are you, why are you on a maybe or a no? Yeah. Uh, and figure it out from there. Lots we'll, of communication. We'll say yes no. Yeah. 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 Lots of communication and everything is decided as a group. Um, Cause then the, you know, the investment is there. You've, you've taken time. This is your decision to bring the person through. And it really like, it makes sure that everyone on the group jives together. Yeah, absolutely. Really feel it as a whole. So Jake, let's break down, yeah, let's break down a bunch of this because there's, I think there's a lot here as we wrap up this episode. So, you know, I think the big thing that we look at uh, when we're doing all these kind of um, auditions back and forth, Jake, um, and hearing people is, is we're seeing what is the meaning behind this process and what is the meaning that it's providing us with? What are we learning from this situation? Just like if you're having them do a solo line or a, um, or a melodic line, how is that showing us? what they can do for me. Um, I'm not the best at tonal memory because it's just, I learn. I'm very visual. Some people are very oral, all these things. So it's kind of what skills do you want to measure? And ultimately like what skills, because we don't have time to do everything. What skills aren't you going to measure? What things do you just have to leave out? Cause you don't have the time or the resources. Um, and sometimes I, you know, when I had Timberman first going, I was like, man, I really should have checked this guy's thing because he's not doing this well. And eventually he had to leave the group because as me, as someone who was running it, I didn't check his skill level enough on certain things. So I think there's a big sense, I think, and I'm sure you agree with this, Jake, of responsibility for, we don't just want to, it's not just, Hey, we want to get the best people in our group. We want to make sure the best people get in and that we're not one excluding people who should be in or including people who shouldn't be in there. Cause we're responsible for like 
if they have a good time or not, or if we have to ask them to leave the group because we made a mistake. That's definitely the big thing for me. I'm like, okay, they really got it. I hope they're really, really good and they need to nail all these things because I don't want to put someone, someone in who I have to ask to leave later. That'd be awful. I think there's a really easy rule to follow um, to, to avoid those kinds of those issues from popping up. And I think it's, it's not just a good rule for that reason, but it also is a really good rule to encourage growth as a group and uh, development in skills group is you really should not take people who are not as good or better as the people in your group. Um, even if your group is a little bit on the smaller side, you're really, it, it's, music is weird and I don't like the rule of you're only as strong as your weakest link when it comes to music because everything, when it, at least for singers, it's a little too complicated to fall underneath that. Yeah, I'd agree. But there is definitely a level of if you have a weak player or a weak singer who is not pulling their own, yeah. they're going to pull the group behind. And it, it's very difficult because they have to really be, they have to really not be pulling their weight. If they're just like barely not pulling their weight, it's very hard to be like, okay, well, we're going to have to kick you out halfway yeah. through. And at that point, they're in the group. And if they're a freshman coming in and you can't see a potential for growth, and they, they don't improve, then they could be up there for four plus years. And that can really be a hindrance to your group. Um, I'm no, I'm really happy. No one in Mind the Gap is like that. None of the people we let in are like that. They're all amazing. I love my group. Again, changed my life. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Okay, look at look at the group that has really brought acapella to the forefront of the modern age. Pentatonic. Pentatonic. Five people. That's all they needed. Yep. And they revolutionized music. I, I'll say it. I They're agree. amazing. They won um, Grammys, man. I remember one of my greatest memories is we're down at Westlake Park. And you went <laughs> out your phone. You're like, guys, you have to hear this. Group. Oh, They're yeah. Amazing. And I'm like, oh, my oh, gosh. No, yeah, good. that was the recording really of good. Um, somebody that I used to know. If I go to yep, yep. That's exactly what it was. And that was that was when I was like, I need to make sure I follow these people. And that's when I first heard about acapella. Like, I mean, obviously, I knew about acapellas and like no instrument, only voice, but not like as yes, a the contemporary group. culture. And I think what you're touching on here is that even though we're both in large groups and we have experience in other ensembles, you can never underestimate the impact of the individual in any situation. Yep. And I think yeah. that's what it kind of comes down to because we're not looking at these auditions and like we take these five people as a unit. That's great if you can if they all work together really well. We're taking each person on their own individual merits, and you need to understand as someone who's hearing auditionees, how they work and how, what their effort is, what their musicality is, all this stuff, how they function as a musical individual, as a musician um, Mm -hmm. and as a singer and as an acapella group member and as someone who's motivated, all these things. And that's what I think this just keeps coming back to is what is we're we're putting all this stuff out there to find individuals for our group. Um, So that's pretty much going to wrap it up for talk appella today, but we're actually, uh, I think this is going to be a two part episode here. Cause Jake and I have a lot to talk about and I want to hear more about the story of how mind the gap got all its singers. We dove a lot into the process today. This is only the first half of Jake and I digging into this. This has been super fun. Uh, we're going to be right back here on talk appella uh, where we can plug some stuff. We're going to listen to good old Amanda Tran on notable coverage, comparing some, uh, musical, um, some different covers of, uh, acapella songs. And we're going to be right back. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, leave the instruments at the door.
Hey everyone, Amanda Tran here, and I'm your host to the Talk Acapella segment, Notable Coverage, where I spill the tea on my favorite and arguably best versions of acapella's most covered songs. For episode two, we're going to take a look into Settle Down, originally performed by Kimbra. Now, songs that have any acapella moment or any memorable vocal motif seem to always be victim to acapella versions, and rightfully so. This is no exception, especially to Kimbra's Settle Down. As soon as the song starts, the very first bum-ba-dum automatically gives it away, and every acapella community member, especially the arrangers, are triggered. <laughs> Although the song was released in 2010, I'm still to this day discovering new versions of the song being put in concert sets, competition sets, and even new acapella albums that are coming out. So let's get right into it. The first version we're going to listen to is by Signature Acapella, UCLA's all-female group founded in 2007. They put their version of Settle Down on their 2014 LP, A Little Louder. Take note that is four years after the song came out. Settle Down has such longevity in the acapella world. Now this version really stood out to me in particular because the soloist has such a pleasant jazzy pop voice and it's so easy listening. I unfortunately don't have the soloist's name, but I would not be surprised if she was already working full-time in the industry, and I hope she is. Um, what I really, what I also really appreciated about this arrangement and this recording is that the mix didn't really try to be a group that they weren't. There were no frills, no crazy tricks, no moment where I was like, there's no way they can do this in person. And not to say that this recording sounded like it was live, I just really appreciate that they made the recording a good representation of who they are as a group and what their sound is, and didn't really have to succumb to any acapella recording stereotypes, especially as an all-female group. dive into who's in trouble pun appreciated first of all this group is from the university of virginia they are also all female and they were founded in 1991 their version of settle down is found on their 2013 lp chinese and champagne and if you have or are nearby a device the album cover is super adorable um this version stood out to me Mostly because of the skillful soloist. She is clearly super trained. Um, she has such great intensity and vocal control. And the stylizing was done with such intention. Um, she has a very similar voice to Kimbra, actually. Um, I like to kind of call it the indie girl solo voice. Um, and she has that style down. Another reason why I love this version is the production value. Let me tell you. After listening to over 20 versions of Settle Down, this one stood out, and that is saying a lot. I can tell that a lot of time and energy was put into this mix, and I hope you can too. 
My favorite little nuance in the mix is this tambourine. It's so slight, but they put it in the background and it makes the biggest difference. Check it out. Run from Angela Vickers. I saw her with you. Monday morning, small talking on the avenue. She's got a fancy car. She wants to take you far from the city lights and sounds deep into the Lastly, but not least, is Lovell Acapella's version of Settle Down that they posted on YouTube in March of 2013. And honestly, since then, no other Settle Down version matters. <laughs> um, but on the real, Lovell Acapella, if you haven't already heard of them, they are a super co-ed group of ICCA finalists and tons of sing-off alum, and they are based in Los Angeles. I had the privilege of seeing them perform at the LA Acapella Festival a couple years ago, and they are honestly one of the best vocal groups that I have ever witnessed in my entire life. Down, you get a tiny glimpse of how incredible this group really is. And since releasing it, they've done rearrangements of it, and it's even more incredible. I don't know how they do it, but they do. As soon as Ben Bram comes in with his super gravelly baritone voice, it automatically makes it a warmer and moodier, sultry version of the song, and I am here for it, y'all. <laughs> One of my favorite parts is when they switch it up and switch the genre and go into the samba section, and it's so clean and precise. These singers are so technically amazing. It's incredible. Not to mention the bass, Daniel. Daniel, if you're listening to this, I am your number one fan. Please sing bass forever. <laughs> um, but at the root of this, they are an incredible group of singers performing an incredible arrangement. And it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, it's a YouTube video. No crazy fills, no auto-tune, no nothing. And it's still the best settle down out there, in my opinion. I want to settle down, won't you settle down with me, settle down, run past your girls, I saw him with you, Monday morning small talking on the avenue, he's got a fancy car, he's gonna take you far. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here at Notable Coverage on Tacapella. Again, my name is Amanda Tran, and if you have any suggestions or have any other versions settled down, definitely hit me up on Twitter at Amanda Tran Rocks. That's Amanda Tran, R-O-C-K-S. I would love to hear your comments and suggestions, and I'll see you again for episode three. Bye, guys. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where every instrument is portable. And welcome back to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, with Jake Bielman. We've been talking all about Mind the Gap and auditions and mountain horns and all the fun intricacies that that situation presents. Uh, we didn't get nearly halfway through all the stuff we wanted to talk about today, so Jake's going to come back on 
real soon, probably next week, and we're going to continue this story all about uh, talking about auditions and all the intricate uh, ins and outs of this whole process. We spent a lot of time on how to get the word out, on how you actually process this stuff. Um, so there's been a ton of stuff to talk about here today, which has been so fun. Jake, if people want to get a hold of Mind the Gap and see what you're all about, how could they do that? Well, John, we are on pretty much everything under the sun. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter. We've got a Snapchat. Uh, and we've got an Instagram. You should check all those out. You should also definitely go to our website, which is uomindthegap.org. It's, yeah, uh, all of our events are put up there. There's links to our music. Uh everything pretty oh and for all the other stuff you can find it at you all mind the gap uh i'd also like to take this moment to say welcome to four very special people um to our new bappers hey welcome Brittany, christian tyler and madison you guys are awesome this year is going to be fantastic and i'm so glad you are all in the group it's kind of fun we're seeing like we're going through this intense process and now we know what the ending is and now we got to figure out how did we get there kind of like the star wars prequels almost just a little bit Um, (laughs) and then everyone if you want to get hold of me you can find me at john lampus j-o-h-n-l-a-m-p-u-s on twitter or instagram Uh, mountain horns is also officially we have our accounts there's not a ton going on them right now but we are at mountain horns uh, anywhere, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. We're just getting up and going. We have some su- fun gigs coming up. We got some fun tunes. Uh, and that's pretty much going to wrap it up for Tacapella today on just part one of this really fun episode with Jake Buhlman, all about auditions. Jake, thank you so much again for coming on the show today. Quite welcome, John. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you all around for part two. Catch your loveys later. Boom. That's it for us today. And for everything acapella, stay tuned. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about. And welcome back to Tacapella. This is Greg's Take, the segment in which I answer your listener questions. So we have two questions we're going to dive right into this week. We'll start with the first one. Um, I've got to make sure I'm reading this right. Uh, can you guys get a cooler host? The current one doesn't seem very cool. Hmm. You know, I'm not sure if this person is talking about me or John. If this person's talking about me, well, obviously the answer is no. I mean, come on. Cooler host than yours truly? I don't think so. Certainly not one who's more capable of answering your acapella questions. Now, if this question is talking about John, well, I do have to say I am a little annoyed that he made me change my intro. Thanks for that, John. But, on the other hand, if you don't think John is very cool, this might surprise you. He actually does have ice powers. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't want me, you know, outing him like this, but hey, you know, I'm just setting the record straight here. For the record, he does have some pretty awesome ice powers, which, you know, kind of does make him cool in a sense. As for whether you could find someone even cooler, well, I think you might have to put him in a head-to-head matchup, you know, with Iceman. Then maybe if you could get Iceman to lead the show, you could technically get someone cooler, That is, if Iceman were to win, I don't know who would win. 
But John is pretty cool in that way, in case you didn't know. So I'd say we have some pretty cool hosts, and hopefully other audience members agree. So the next question is a little more serious than that one. That was a pretty fun one to answer. But anyway, um, the next question is, what differences do you have to watch out for between high school and college a cappella groups? Now, it's a little difficult for me to speak from experience here simply because I was not in a high school a cappella group, so I'm using, you know, my best guesswork here. But since a cappella groups are not quite as ubiquitous in high schools as they are in, you know, on college campuses, I would imagine one big difference is simply the popularity. And that's not to say that um, high school groups can't get quite a good following and can't gain a lot of popularity. But I don't think they're quite the enormous trend that, you know, college campus a cappella groups have become. And I don't, to my knowledge, there aren't quite as many, you know, a cappella competitions at the high school level as are at the college level. So, for example, if I were to speak to someone who, you know, was in a high school a cappella group and was planning on pursuing a cappella in college as well, I would tell them that they might their group might be in the limelight a bit more and that they might face, you know, quite a larger fan base than an acapella group in high school would. I think another pretty major difference is the competition. And I'm not talking about competitions and events. I mean the number of people who are interested in an acapella group of some kind. My impression is that in high school... For a high schooler to want to pursue, you know, an a cappella group, start one, join one, what have you, they, they're probably going to be pretty invested in music, so it's probably going to be a pretty select group of students who would want to do something like that. Whereas in college, many, many college students have at least some interest in being part of an a cappella group. Not all of them are music majors. Not all of them are, you know, super into music otherwise. They just love the idea of being in an a cappella group and singing in that way. So there's much more competition, so auditions are often, you know, much more of an ordeal, I would imagine. It's also my impression that there's much more competition among different a cappella groups. I have never known a high school to have multiple a cappella groups, and I could be wrong about that, but many especially large colleges and even some smaller colleges have multiple a cappella groups, and so there's often competition between the different groups. And that's just something to be aware of, especially if you're a high schooler planning on going into, you know, the college a cappella scene. And it's good when different college groups can, you know, keep it friendly and, you know, not see the other groups so much as competition as, you know, perhaps appealing to a different listener or trying different things, especially if one group is SATB and another group is TTBB or another group is SSAA. But sometimes there can be tension between groups, especially if they feel like they're competing for the same audience. And that's something that I think is more likely to happen on a college campus than at the high school level. And that does it for this week of Greg's Take. If you have a listener question you would like me to address next week, feel free to send your question to gastarr at seattleschools.org. That's my email. Or feel free to visit my Twitter page, which is at GregStarsTake, or send your question to Acaville Radio on Twitter. So that's all for this week. Until then, 
take some time to listen to acapella. <laughs> 